Wow. Well, I uh, I was um, I was pretty emotionally down this past week. One of the reasons is because of of, of what we do. We send our very best leaders uh, off, and so we're always saying goodbye. So that that's it's such a blessing, but it's such a challenge. So my heart was was uh, just kind of in a in a more tender spot this weekend, and uh, and then there's just some discouraging things. Um, the, the, the state of, of Christianity right now, you, you guys know that most churches have 60% of their people regathered, and so it's just grieving. You've, probably all of us have had friends that aren't walking with Jesus anymore, uh, friends that aren't in the church anymore. But by, by God's grace, we're, we have, you know, that, our statistics are higher, but I was just grieving that, um, you know, uh, being from another place and moving to California, I'm grieving People leaving California. Uh, Jesus left the 99 to go after the one. And so many Christians are leaving the one to go live with the 99. It's just, so my heart is just breaking. I mean, if Jesus tells you to do it, but don't, we don't live for our own comfort, right? We live for the kingdom of God and revival is going to come. But I was just, I was discouraged. It's taken a long time to get our building permits. And I'm like, God, help us. So I, 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 um, so then I was getting on a plane to go down to Mexico, uh, to southern Mexico, and then my boy, it just so happened, my, my two boys are quarterbacks for different uh, teams in uh, San Diego, different high schools, and they happened to be playing seven on seven that night while I'm supposed to be on the plane, and I tried to be at my boys' game, so I was just down, and uh, fortunately, Steph, like, FaceTimed me from the airport as my flight was delayed, that, uh, but... But I was, I was just down and um, landed in Mexico, and, and, and God had a special message for me to restore my soul. And it's totally appropriate for today because it's everyone needs a father. Everyone needs a father. And um, this scripture really stuck out to me for this. This week, it's out of Malachi 4.6. Um, just to give you a little context for Malachi, a lot of us have, uh, haven't studied it. Uh, some people call it Malachi, the Italian prophet, but um, last book in the Bible. And what was happening is it was time to rebuild, and it's the time we're in in, in the United States. It was time to rebuild uh, because of decimation of the people of God. And so Haggai and Zechariah have been prophesying, like now it's time to return after the Babylonian captivity. This is 516 BC. And, and so Zerubbabel and Joshua come, they rebuild the temple. And so it should be a time of tremendous celebration. But instead, people have just really turned from putting their eyes on Jesus, and they've turned more to their own comforts, and they're, they're, they've turned, you know, that, this, Malachi is the famous book where they're like, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Stop just keeping it for yourself. But one of the main things that Malachi does is it foretells when God comes. So Malachi means my messenger. He's like, when God comes, here's something that's gonna happen. When God starts moving, here's something you're gonna see. He says, uh, let me read the verse to you. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. He's saying this, that in the last days, I'm gonna send back my prophet Elijah. And, and what is gonna happen is the hearts of fathers are going to come alive. 
The hearts of fathers are going to come alive, and they're going to actually want to nurture their children. It's not going to be all about them. It's not going to be all about their comfort. It's not going to be all about their desires and, and, and what they can self-actualize. The hearts of the fathers is going to be for the children. And then that's going to turn the children's hearts to the fathers. And God had a special message for me when I landed down in, in Mexico. But before I go there, let me just say, I've been listening to this podcast. I, I actually recommend it. I don't recommend listening to every podcast and don't OD, overdose on podcasts. Uh, and please, let me actually give a side note. Please never listen to more podcasts. Please never be fed more than you feed yourself. Uh, I, I love the day we're living in because we can just renew our minds, but please make sure you're feeding yourself and not just drinking other people's revelation, but you're getting your own from the Bible. And so, I, I, but one I encourage you to listen to is the Wild at Heart podcast. John Eldridge, he, he's spoken at our church before. Uh, he spoke during, during COVID. Some of you guys listen to him. But uh, he's going through his book called Resilient, which is a, a message for the body of Christ. And in chapter five, he's talking about attachment. And I'm hearing more and more Christian psychologists talk about attachment, the need that we have as children. If you're gonna have a healthy life, or, 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 or typically healthy adults are ones who had a healthy attachment with their mothers, and then secondly, with their fathers. So what it means is they were held, they had eye contact. A human soul needs to feel seen. They need to feel seen, and then they need to be touched, and they need to be spoken to. First, by the mother, your first attachment in life is with the mother. Then secondly, you need attachment from your father. He shows you protection, and, and he stamps identity on you. And John Eldridge was saying, but there's a dearth of that in the world. So that's why we have so much on health. That's why alcoholism, drug addiction, that's why suicide, it's all going, that's why these you know, crazy mass shootings, because people aren't healthy, they're not attached, so then they become these, conduits for the enemy to just come in and inhabit and take over. You're going to be filled with something. You're either going to be filled with light from the Father or darkness from the enemy. Now, the, the, the sad thing is so many of us, you know, most of us were raised by, by uh, parents who were just broken kids themselves, right? And so you didn't receive the stamp and the nurturing and the love that you needed. And so, you know, it's even the case with mothers, but how even more so with fathers. And so there's this pain. But here's what happens. Jesus came to restore us to the Father. Do you understand that salvation isn't just a get out of hell free card? It's so much more. The ministry of Jesus is to reintroduce you to the Father, he, Jesus said in John 14, in my Father's house are many rooms. I'm going to prepare a place for you. He teaches us to pray, our Father, right? He teaches us to pray, Abba, Father, which means Daddy. So the ministry of Jesus is to connect us to the Father. And so you might not have a healthy attachment with your parents, but I want to tell you, when you step into true faith, you actually have a healthy attachment with God, the Father, the best father. And you desperately need this healthy attachment. And some of you are like, man, my, my wounding's from my mother. Can I tell you who created moms? Was the Lord. And the Holy Spirit is actually known as a comforter. Even more comforting than the greatest mother is the Holy Spirit. So he actually wants to come and bring and meet your parenting needs. And when you get discouraged, like I was, when you get discouraged, the one who you need attachment with is your heavenly father. He wants to meet you. He wants to touch you. So I, I, I land down in, um, in uh, Guanajuato this, this week, and, and um, 
the first thing that happens is I, I come into the team meeting in the morning. So I get there real late, and um, in, in, in the, the next morning, we end up in a team meeting. That's what we do when we go on these mission trips. Uh, we don't just run hard the whole time. The first thing we do is we meet together. We, we meet with God, and we meet with each other because God doesn't want to just attach you to him. The second attachment, you might have had a very unhealthy family, but when you're saved, you're adopted into a healthy family. And that's the church. And the church gives us godly attachment. And um, let, me, let me read this verse to you. This is out of 1 Timothy. It says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the command of God our Savior in Christ Jesus, our hope, to Timothy, my true son. To Timothy, my true son. My true son in the faith. My true son in the faith. I don't know what your relationship with your father was like. But when you're adopted into the kingdom of God, he actually wants to give you spiritual fathers. And, and Paul, this man who actually never had spiritual children, became a father. And he's talking to Timothy and he's saying, you're my true son. You're my true son in the faith. I'm going to write you this letter, my true son in the faith. Grace mercy and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Man, what a great dad writing a letter to a son and the first thing he says is, son, grace. Grace to you, son. You don't have to be perfect. Grace. Mercy. I know you're hurting. I know you're discouraged, but here's mercy and peace. Son, I want you to feel peace. That's a loving father. A loving father wants his kids to feel peace. He says, grace mercy, and peace. And then what does he charge him? He says, as I urged you when I went into Macedonia, stay there in Ephesus so that you may command certain people not to teach false doctrines any longer or devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies. Such things promote controversial speculations rather than advancing God's words, which is by faith. The goal of this command is love. Now, I mean, yeah, there's, there's meaning, there's controversies going on in the church in America and, and, and around the world, and there's all these people just, I mean, we're focused more on conspiracy theories and the gospel, and we're focused more on political ideologies, and we're focused on all these different things. But, but here's actually what, what I saw that just touched me this week. He says, the goal of the command is love which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Some have departed from these and have turned to meaningless talk. I think when the world looks at the church in the United States right now, they just see meaningless talk. They're just like, man, they're just blabbing. They're angry. They're just frustrated at us. And it's meaningless talk. And what the world needs to see is what Paul is saying to Timothy. The command is love. This world needs love. This world needs love from fathers. Way more than talk, they need action. They need love. And so I'm sitting in this, in this team meeting, and they first pull up Gabriel. Gabriel's on the third row. Uh, if you can't see him, here's a great picture right here. of uh, This is Gabriel standing. This is Gabriel um, standing. Are you okay if I tell him what you're? Yes. Um, this is Gabriel standing over his new city, Guanajuato. Gabriel's gonna, Gabriel's gonna lead all people's church, Guanajuato. This will be our, our, uh, our next church in, in Mexico. 
And uh, man, you're going you're gonna to want to visit. It is a, it is a beautiful uh, city, but it is a city in need. We drove the streets of Guanajuato uh, and did not see one church. Um, when we asked about it, we heard that there were two churches in a city of 600,000. Um, so here's Gabriel, big smile. What we do in these team times is one of the little practices we have is called hot seat, and you put someone in the middle and you encourage them. And so they threw, the, the morning I get there, the team had been you know, in Mexico for almost two weeks. They threw Gabriel in the center. And this is what was said about Gabriel. It's just straight out of this verse. Um, what I noticed, this was, this was crazy, is that numerous uh, people were saying, Gabriel, you are a father. I've learned what it, it, it looks like to have a, a spiritual father. Uh, I've learned what it looks like to lay down your life uh, so many, and some different ones were like, man, you're, you are restoring what it looks like to be a Latino father to us, to, to be one that's about servant-hearted and about us. But then this was what was most powerful. Numerous women looked at Gabriel and said, you're a pure father. You, I trust you because of your purity. You are a man of a pure heart, or you are a man of a pure life. And I am just going, this is absolutely amazing. Because if you know Gabriel's story and he'll hand you one of his, his testimony books, uh, that is not what Gabriel was known for. When Gabriel was 16, 14, when Gabriel was 14, he walks in and he sees where his father's killed himself. His body was still there. And it ripped out, it ripped out his heart. And so he spent the rest of his teen years fatherless. And his family couldn't, couldn't uh, make it financially. They moved back to Tijuana. And Gabriel just started hitting the alcohol, hitting, hitting the partying. And uh, he, he became a ladies' man. And uh, his life was about partying and sexual relationships. But God. <laughs> but he found Jesus. Let me say it this way. Jesus found Gabriel. <laughs> and he got radically saved in his 40s. And, and, and for the, the last few years, how long have you been saved? Amen. Five years ago, he got saved. And um, this man, from, from a, a man who was all about alcohol and parties, he, people were walking around saying, you are a pure man. I have trust in you. These women looking at him and saying, I've learned about how to receive from a pure father. Can I tell you that God is a God of transformation? And um, my, my point, I'm gonna give you four quick points on what everyone needs. Everyone needs a pure father. Everyone needs a pure father because so many men have stolen purity. They've stolen innocence from children, from women. And what this world needs is pure fathers. But the, the, what, what I'm not talking about today is you being perfect. Gabriel did not live a perfect life. I want to tell you the power of the Holy Spirit came in him. And it transformed him. And it took him from darkness to light. And it took him from being a man he, at, at, at 14 from losing his father and saying, hey, I pushed everyone away to being a man who's now his ministry is fathering. And these different people in our team were saying, we're watching the little children run to you and you're just picking them up and holding them. A man who is fatherless became a father to many. And a man who was very impure 
known from taking for people and hooking up with people, has become a person who is establishing trust in a new generation because of his purity. God is good. Glory to God for what he can do. The, the Bible says this in Matthew 5, 8, speaking of purity, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. I think Gabriel would tell you all the sacrifice has been worth it because he is meeting with God. But here's what I find. I, I find blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. I would also say in Robert's amplified version, blessed are the pure in heart because they help us see God. You meet a pure man you meet a pure woman and they help you see God. They reflect the heart of purity because I need you to know men and women. I, we, in the beginning of this church, when, when we found that 80% of our women had been molested, you desperately need to be healed by the pure heart of Father God. He will never, he will never inappropriately hurt you, touch you. He, he only looks at you with love and purity and kindness and gentleness, and what I've seen is him beautifully restore people and give them back their innocence and give them back their purity. That is who God is. And men, listen to me, that is what we need to be in this house. Can I just tell you that God can set you free? You can be pure. People say 80% of men look at pornography, not in this church. I found so many, dozens and dozens and dozens of men that are 100% free from that. Man, that was a struggle for me in my early years. And by God's grace, I haven't seen it in 20 years. You can be free. You can be a pure man, and we need pure fathers. But it's not through you just grit your teeth. It's by you saying, I can't, but God, I know you can. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. If he can raise the dead, he can help you be pure. Portrait number two of a, a father. Um, Jeff Ballantyne, can we put up that picture? Uh, this right here is a, is a happy man. Jeff's 70, and uh, he's traipsing around Mexico. We're actually, we're chasing him around Mexico. And they put Jeff in the hot seat next. I've never been a part of a team time like that moment. Um, first of all, Gabriel looks at him and says, Jeff, you know my father died when I was 14. I found him, hung himself. I, for the rest of my life, said I don't need anyone. And I'm not gonna let myself be loved. I was too hurt by the father. He goes, but I knew I needed a father. I needed a father for years. And he goes, you have been, you have become my father. You have become my spiritual father. Hey man, we are all like, But, but after that, one by one, and then Gabriel says something else. He goes, you know, Jeff, I, I, know, I know that you couldn't have your own natural children. But look around this room. God has given you so many more kids than you could have imagined. And then I watched a room of 20 people go around and speak, speak to Jeff. And, and some said, you know, I never, I never had a father, but you were my father. Numerous ones said, I never even met my grandfather but you are my grandfather. One girl looks at him and she's looking at him in the eyes and, and, and Jeff just looking at everyone with these big puppy dog eyes. And she was like, Jeff, just the way you're looking at us right now is melting our hearts. And he's just looking at each person. 
And, and, and people are just saying, the way you encourage us, this is what scripture says. It says this, but encourage one another daily, as long as it's called a day, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Why are so many Christians hard? Why is there so much hard-heartedness? Because there's not fathers encouraging people. We desperately need spiritual fathers. I, man, some, some of you might be sitting here all alone just thinking, man, I'm just alone. No, can I just tell you, God wants to give you a family. You might be 20 years old. You might be 80 years old. But you can minister to the heart of people. You will never know. I, I, man, I wish everyone could have been in there. Every single person in, I've never been in a room where every person's crying. Actually, my son wasn't crying. He was the only one. Hopefully it's because he doesn't need major father healing. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sure hope that's why you're not crying right now, son, because you feel love. <laughs> I think that was the case. He wrote me a really sweet Father's Day note. Um, I, I, I was undone. And um, Jeff, thank you for encouraging. Thank you for, see, see what a father does is he calls out the gold in children. He calls out the gold. He sees their destiny and calls them out. He gives them nicknames. I love that they gave you a nickname, Hefecito. That's so cute. Um, but, but men, we need to be encouragers. The world desperately needs fathers who encourage. Men, please, today, go home and encourage your wives. Go home and encourage your children. Go home and encourage your nephews and your nieces and encourage the younger. And, and I like when just little kids at church, guys, kids need us to just get down on one knee and say, you're beautiful or you're, you're, a, you're a strong man to a little guy. People need encouragement. This world, there's a dearth of encouragement. All we do is see discouragement and all we feel like is I can never measure up. The world desperately needs encouraging fathers. And I'm seeing the power of that with Jeff. And here's the thing about Jeff. This, this is what I've learned from Jeff as I've spent more time with Jeff. I've never met a man who feels more loved by God. Jeff was telling me, you know, Jeff had a, 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 an a older brother who was just like this freak athlete he didn't feel like he could measure up to this, and, and, and his older brother wasn't, wasn't great to him. And so Jeff grew up feeling that way, but God. But he met God, and he says he had never forget when he was listening to a message one time. Hopefully some of, the, some of you, this is gonna happen for you today. He was listening to a message one time where he started hearing about God's love, and he said something just went clunk in his inner man. And, and he looked at me, and he goes, I just feel God's affection for me. God's just crazy about me. And I'm looking at him going like, I can tell. So what happens? It flows out of him to others. Men and women, just keep showing up to meet with God. Keep asking him. Uh, is it any coincidence that the man who feels most loved by God is the man I know most committed to putting scripture in his mind? Like this guy memorizes scripture like crazy. Not to get some star on a chart. He memorizes scripture, he says, to meditate on it. Because when you meditate on it, I, I have to do this every day. This world is discouraging. I have to say who I am in Christ. I have to say how God sees me every day, but that transforms me. And it lets me live looking at other people. And this man lives his life looking at other people. 
Thank you, Jeff, for being an encouraging father. I, I, I encourage you men, when, when you have treasures like these guys in the church, and there's numerous other ones that I, I, I'd love to point out, when you have treasures, go up to them. Go up to them and ask them. Tell me your secret, right? There, there, there is a host. There is a host of people in this service that I'm just looking at over and over. When you see a man, don't, don't, they want you to draw near, right, men? We want, we want to draw near. We, we want to give you a hug. Don't go out and be an orphan. When you were saved, God puts you in a family. But man, it, it wasn't just these two men from our church that I'm so proud of that, that God rocked my life through this, this week. We went to this church, um, and uh, it was a, a uh, a church, I, I'd been hearing about this church. They said this church has all people's same heart. Uh, two things. One is they just really want to love everyone. And number two, they're, they church plant. And this is this Mexican church. And um, uh, I, um, no, I, skipped, I skipped forward. Let me go back. Um, first of all, we were working with a, a, a ministry. Some of you guys came to commission conference uh, please always come to those because it, it, it just blows us away. There's, there was a, um, a missionary named Miguel. He's from Bolivia. They came and spoke to us. He, he rocked us as he talked about smuggling Bibles into North Korea and Iran and what God would do supernaturally. But we got to go see his ministry, what he's doing. There is a train. You guys are hearing about the immigrants that are risking their lives to come up from from Venezuela and, and, and Honduras and El Salvador and Guatemala. And the things that are happening to them are, they're going without food. Um, many are being kidnapped, trafficked. Women are being raped. Uh, children are, are being exploited. It's, it's awful. And so Miguel, uh, when he's not Bible smuggling, he has a, a, a ministry called Amigos del Tren. And um, they, they have this facility. Let me show you where they, where they minister to people. They minister under this bridge, and this is their building right here. And they took us into their building because we gave, uh, people from this church gave about $25,000 to, to rebuild this ministry, which is just awesome. So they were just profusely thanking us. But what this is, is this is just people living under, these, uh, under this bridge, immigrants that are getting off. And what these guys do, the first thing they do is they give them food. They just cook big meals and they just give them food. The next thing they do, it melted my heart. They take off their shoes and they wash their feet. And many of these people have been walking for hundreds of miles. Like this guy showed me his feet. They were just calloused and cut. And they just take, they, they, they're taking them and they're washing their feet and they're putting ointment on them. They're even clipping their toenails. Maybe want to gag. And, uh, but Guess what's happening? Almost every single person is giving their life to Jesus. Why? Because of the generous spirit. Um, everyone needs a father who's generous. If you missed that last point, it was everyone needs a father who's encouraging. Everyone needs a father who is generous. So I'm sitting next to Miguel's adopted daughter. Okay, so she's 40 sitting next to her at a taco dinner, and she goes, I learned so much from Miguel. She said, um, I would look at a, at a group of people and say, 
There's too many people, we don't have enough food. And he'd say, no, don't ever say that. There's always enough. You give to each person and God will multiply it. And she just talked about how God provided over and over and over again. She said, you see, I learned this from Miguel's family. She said, back in Bolivia, they would just open their home and they said, whatever is ours is to bless other people. And so she said, so Miguel's family, his mom and his sister would walk into the graveyard where children were living. The children would live there because other people were scared of it. So they knew it was the one place they would not be molested. So these children were living under trees. They showed me the pictures of children living in these, you know, in Mexico, you'll have these big walls where they'll slide in the casket where there were empty holes where caskets were still to be placed. There'd be children sleeping in there. It ripped my heart out. And they said, Miguel's family would just walk through the cemetery, walking up to children and say, you don't have to sleep here tonight. Come to our house and you'll have a bed. Come to our house and we'll give you clothes. Come to our house and we'll give you food. And you, you can leave whenever you want. They just showered food and clothing and shelter on people. She said, Miguel will always tell us, don't ever look and calculate. There's always enough in the kingdom of God. There's always enough. And so what are they doing? They're sitting here, show that picture again, right when people get off the train in this city, right when people get off the train, they're the first thing people see and they say, come over and they're giving them food. But then what they're doing is they're doing music and they're worshiping at the top of their heart. And by the end of the night, all of these people, they, they didn't come in as Christians. All of the people have gotten saved and they just have their hands up and they're just crying and they're all getting hugged. Everyone needs a generous father. I, and I know, I know financial times are tough. It's, I'm, what I'm not saying is that, that you need to have a bunch of money. What I'm saying is people need fathers with generous hearts. People need, if you're a dad, be generous with your children. And, and I'm not saying that means taking them to Disneyland every week. They just need to see your generous spirit, that you want, you want to bless them. You're generous. Here's the greatest thing you can be generous with is your time. That's what people need more than anything is generous with your time. That's what Miguel and his team are doing is they're being generous with their time. Man, I, I, I wanted to get in there and get out, do our drama, do our music. No, hours. We're just sitting there hugging people, sitting with them, talking to them, hearing their story. Be generous with your children and listening to them. But fathers, you, you men in here that don't have children in here, or, and you men that aren't even married yet, this world needs generous men. I can't tell you what it means when someone just gives, buys a cup of coffee. Every, every person in here can afford to buy someone a $2 cup of coffee. It just means the world when we're looking to other people. That is the heart. The Bible says, the Lord, the Lord, gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. Let me tell you about this last father that melted my heart. We get to this church I was telling you about. It was called La Roca. And, and, and we get into this this church, and, and here's the pastor right here. Um, he's, he's next to Ivan right here. Ivan was his translator. It was just awesome. This, this pastor's name is Pastor Braulio. And um, we, go, we go into this church, and I, we had never been, I've, been, I've almost been to like 50 countries, I've, and I've worked in so many churches. I've never been in a church that loved us so well. They bring us all up. And they brought all the women roses. 
just saying, hey, your daughters are the king. They brought all us men chocolate, which you can tell is one of my love languages. But then he said, we're going to give you all hugs. He goes, because this world needs more hugs. He said, one day God spoke to me that if I want you to hug people, and when you hug people, they will feel the father heart of God. They will feel the father heart of God. He said, people need more hugs. And I'm watching him just hugging our, 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 our team members. And um, man, what happens, uh, V, are you in here? V and Vince, raise your hands back here. Um, watch the, you need to watch this couple. God's hands on their life. It's, it's beautiful. V shared, um, v, v and, Vin, and, and Vince were sharing at this church, sharing a testimony, and V was sharing her testimony. I hope you don't mind me sharing this. Thank you. Wait, are you saying stop? I can't see you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. They're saying this. Um, their story was, um, hey, we were hurt by the church. We were hurt by pastors. Um, it was so painful. And so they were sharing the story of being healed, by heal, being healed as they came here by so many of you. They said, when we came here, we felt so loved by this church. So thank you, church. But they're sharing that up front in, in Pastor Braulio's church. And this man, who's just met them two days before, gets up. And he looks straight at V and says, I want to repent to you on behalf of pastors. And he gets tears in his eyes. He's like, I am so sorry for what pastors have done. Will you please forgive us? And man, she's crying. I'm crying. We're all crying because of this heart of affection from this, this pastor. And I wanna, I wanna show you the picture. Do you, can, do you have the picture of him and V? Look, here's he, he and Ivan. Ivan's like, man, I, I, I needed to be healed by a father. This guy just wraps him up. Actually, Ivan looks like he could be a son. Um, but there's another picture where, look at him just looking. He gets down on his knees to just look at V in the eyes. And he's just speaking. And person after person were saying, you're healing my heart. You're healing my heart by your father's love. I, I, I wanna tell you, man, everyone needs a father who's affectionate. Everyone needs a father who's affectionate. I look at, at Billy House down here. His father was abusive to him. And Billy has turned around. And man, if you've been, ar been around Billy, you've been hugged. I don't care what was given to you the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. He wants to pour his affection into your heart, into your mind. He wants to touch you, and this world desperately needs. This was one of the most demonic things about COVID, was trying to keep us from having personal touch. And it was trying to keep a mask on our face. And, and, and I'm not saying, like, I'm not, man, you like, when you're sick, I'm thankful. Please wear a mask. So I'm not, I'm not making some political thing. Just, but what I'm saying is the enemy wanted to keep us lonely, and separate us and keep us all in our homes and cover the smiles on our faces and the arms of embrace from each other. And that's what this world so desperately needs, okay? So, man, if you've got a, a, a compromised immune system, I, I get it. If you wanna wear a mask, I get it. I'm not, it, it, please hear me. But I'm also saying, dads, we need people hugging people again. We need, we need the, the world needs affection. The world needs to be touched. The world needs to see kindness. 
in our eyes. And man, I'm, I'm watching this pastor and my heart was melting because yeah, I've been discouraged about how long it's taken to get permits from a building, but, but he was just showing me in this tiny little shack in Mexico, the church is not a building. The church is a healing family. And men are to be raised up as pastors and you can have the biggest building in the world and no one gets changed. And you can have a tent or you can have a tree or you can have a shack and you raise up fathers of affection and people get transformed. And that's, that's exactly, let me just finish with this. This is what Paul this is what Paul was saying. He said, I'm, 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 I'm not writing this to shame you, but to warn you as my dear children. There, there are many people in this church that will go out and be pastors. Can I just tell you, your greatest role is to be a father. Listen to me, all of you, because there's so many people in this church that will go all over the world and start churches. The greatest calling, the greatest calling is to be fathers. The greatest calling, women, is to be mothers. That's what people need. He says this, my dear children, every, even if you had 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ I became your father through the gospel. Therefore I urge you to intimidate me. Or another scripture says, you have many teachers, but you don't have many fathers. The church in America has been a church of teaching. And, and teaching is good, I appreciate teaching. But when we just sit and listen to some real wise person fill our minds with stuff, it doesn't transform us. But he says, you have, you have tons of teachers. There's tons of teachers. There's some more good podcasts, some more good books in America. But what we don't have is fathers. But fathers transform lives. And that's what we're called to be, men. And I just want to tell you, you might have think, thought like, man, I don't have a crazy gifting. I don't have a teaching gifting. Or I don't have a worship gifting. Or I'm not great at making money. Or I'm not, I'm not the best in my trade. Or I wasn't the best athlete. But I can tell you that the Spirit of God, of the Heavenly Father, the Spirit of the Father can come in men and can make everyone a great father. You're the only father your kids will have. Your kids need you to be a father. And the Holy Spirit, even if you had a horrible father, what I'm watching in this church is so many that did not even have a father become the best fathers because the spirit of the father is living in them. And they're drawing on the spirit of the father. Young men, I challenge you, become a father now. Don't wait till you have kids. Single men, be a father now. Be a father to, to a, even a person your age. Be a father. This world needs fathers. And just in case you're not connected to this sermon because it all happened in Mexico, I came here yesterday, early in the morning, and I saw these two guys. Can you put up the last picture? No? Mark, ah, there they are. These are some great fathers. This is Mark Robbins. Mark leads our uh, Life Healing Choices, our Celebrate Recovery ministry. And here's what Mark would say. He said, man, for years I was an alcoholic. For years I was an alcoholic. For years I didn't treat people purely, but God. But God transformed him. And now, not only is Mark fathering so many people in this church. Hey, there he is. Hey, bud. Yeah, raise that arm. Let everyone see. You need a father like that. It's also the most ripped 70-year-old I've ever met in my life. Um, you're a picture of God's strength. 
But he's not just fathering people. As he leads this, the, the life healing choices to celebrate recovery ministry, he's like, hey, and my people. He goes, the, the, the ones that God is raising up so many leaders. He's, he, a, fa- a, great, a great father raises up fathers. A great father raises up and employs and deploys other fathers. Uh, some of you need to jump into this ministry with him on Thursday nights. You can be free. Sometimes freedom comes instantaneously. Most of the time it has to be walked out on a journey. Why does it have to be walked out? Why? No one gets ripped overnight. It's by working out over and over, and you end up looking like Mark. So it is with our freedom. So many times you were saying, why didn't God just set me free like this? It's because he wants closeness to you. He wants you to depend on him day by day, not to just come for the gift, but to actually draw near to the giver. On the other side is Phil. This is a great father. And you know, sometimes you put people up on a screen and you're like, oh, they were just born that way. Did, Phil, Phil is ministering to all these people that are coming through. He's helping lead our, our food distribution ministry. But did you know that Phil was homeless? Phil had been homeless before. And he has a beautiful picture of restoration as he has a, a beautiful wife now, LaShawn. And he's a great stepfather. His, his son was up, his stepson up here serving next to him and him being a, a, a minister of grace. And Phil, I think I told you guys a, a couple months ago, Phil got to lead like 10 kids to the Lord in an inner city school as he goes to father them. Let me, let me just finish with this. Men, listen to me. Not one of you is disqualified. God is a God. These two guys are men of second chances. God is a God of second and third and fourth and fifth and sixth chances. And actually, those are oftentimes the people I see God using the most. We desperately need you, men. Let's stand up.